Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, the party defeated Adero and his blood-sucking companions in the exsanguination chamber of the Dead Warrens. They pressed on, but were nearly defeated by two bony constructs and a wall of spitting acid. What troubles await them deeper below Corvosa's streets? The Cursed Campaign continues now. Hall passes, please. Can't get through without your hall pass. Mm. <laughs> Is that what one of the skulls says to us? Yeah, one of the skulls. <laughs> oh, but where's your bathroom pass? <laughs> I don't see a ruler tied to a stick. Well, Diego just uses a litter box, so I don't think he needs to go through any halls. He just got to go find, uh, I don't know, maybe the Odiog pile's got something that serves as litter. First off, how dare you, but yeah, probably. Mm, those paws aren't very sandy. You're not leaving sand prints. You must not have been to the bathroom. What were you smoking outside the s- school? Yeah, Diego got caught playing hooky a, a lot at the uh, uh, the Shawanti School for the Arts. <laughs> Shawanti School for Troubled <laughs> Youths. Hey, hey, what episode is this? There's no welcoming. Does there always have to be one? I feel like, I don't know, I feel I don't, like something's I, missing. It's episode oh, yeah. 33, I think. 32? 32. 32. Who gives a 32. shit? 32. Who gives a shit? Guys? The March to 33 continues. Yeah, the March to 33 continues. We might hit it today, we might not hit it today. Who knows? There are people saying that we won't be able to make it. They are, there are <laughs> naysayers about that big episode 33. A third of the way to 99, which mm. is... Almost 100. Almost 100. As most people know. Yeah. Some larger podcasts commemorate the two of the same number in the same episode. Yeah, yeah. See, mm. we, I call this uh, next episode the Leroy Jenkins episode because it's 33.33 repeating. Of repeating, course. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll repeat that episode ad nauseum until we're done. I would run into a hallway alone for that in whatever next <laughs> yeah. encounter we have. <laughs> yeah. Without a pass? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's creepy down here, though, right? There, there have been bodies... In various stages of, I mean, we, we've we've experienced arrows in other shows that we do, so we do know that they're kind of horrible. Mm-hmm. But this is a lot of necromantic stuff. Like to have a hallway encrusted with skulls is is pretty dark. Yeah, and kind of out of the Darrow's typical mo. I, I don't feel too terrible talking about some of my player knowledge because I think they're a relatively common creature. I've read several different adventure paths and they pop up in a lot of them. Um, they kind of have, if, if you all are familiar with the Carrion Crown show we do, they kind of have like a Dr. Viv trait to them. They're evil, but it's all like this scientific evil. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because they're vulnerable to sunlight and they want to be able to walk on the overworld again. What does this have to do with that? Maybe nothing, but at the very least, the necromancy seems to play a little at odds with the like science, the mad scientist archetype that they fill. Who knows? I wonder if they would not be as evil as if they they just got the rights to the organ donor bodies, right? Like certainly they're they're not getting consent, but if they did, maybe they'd be okay. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? These Darrow might just think these are. Organ donor bodies. You might just be slaughtering these guys who think they're doing medical research. Mm. Not really sure. But, I mean, we're underground. We're in a graveyard. There's a high likelihood your characters die. Sure. You got any any thoughts about the afterlife? About what you, or maybe not the afterlife, but 
clearly uh, some things are happening with bodies in a world like Pathfinder. What do you what do you do? What do you ask when you're dying? You bury me and run the risk of me turning into a zombie? I don't know. Mira would want you guys to bring her back to her mom, please, so that her mom knows. Wait, you have a mother? I I do. You never remember, talk about her. Remember we you guys tried, tried to go to, go to, to my house, house. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the house, and she wasn't there. Hmm. You might not have one. You might just. You might have had a mother. <laughs> I would ask that you please find my mom and help her if she needs help, and then also make sure she knows her daughter's dead. Uh. But also, Mira would probably want to to have some sort of like some sort of burial like out of the city, you know. Maybe one of those uh, one of those like acorn in the chest cavity kind of burials. Yeah, where, yeah. where you grow into a tree. I'm Send right. me back to nature. Cover somebody in mushroom spores. I've seen that before as well. I'm into both of those things. I've always Ooh. hated the idea of like a, a being trapped in a artificial casket and just yeah. rotting away in there. Mm-hmm. I will give Figgy back to the worms that he loves. Oh, when Figgy dies, is yeah. what you're going to do? Okay. Yeah, sure. And then Figgy will feed the worms that will then go to feeding the next Figgy, right? The circle of life. <laughs> circle of life. For Diego, it feels a little weird because he was brought back for some purpose initially. Like, that's how his character, this iteration of his character has been uh instantiated he's the only one with experience in the matter. yeah so if he dies it's almost like he'd, he'd want to like wait to see like is he going to get brought back again just through the powers that be or if not does it make sense to bring him back again if that doesn't happen if he's served his purpose you know it's yeah i don't i don't know the answer to that you get buried with the bell <laughs> sure he's not coming back. Somebody sit by the bell, make sure it doesn't ring. Yeah. For Vec, I'm I'm not really sure. I know he would want the rest of the party to find a way to get his grandfather taken care of. And, and he wouldn't like ask you all to be his new guardians, but like maybe get him in touch with some other like church going folks, get him a good community, and definitely let Trinia know um that Vec's dead. Like that that would be nice. But that being said, I don't know that Vec would truly care about what happens to his body. Frankly, I just don't think he would think about that kind of thing. Real Frank Reynolds situation. Throw me in the trash. <laughs> kind of. He, he kind of has like that like young person's sensibilities of like you don't really think about that all that much. Yeah. Like I'm sure none of us have like burial plots or like cremation stuff lined up right. ready to go like he just doesn't think about that kind of stuff and however his body needs to get disposed of it it will i'm curious and this is something that like i'll have to cross the bridge of as a gm if it does happen but like you have a positive energy curse I wonder what correct. happens to you like to a person like that when they die like does their body ever decompose like what what really what really happened? Like, can you can you put Vec in a glass box like Snow White? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say he be, he does become Snow White. He does wait until <laughs> Trinia comes back, kisses him, and and all as well. That'd be very cute. Perfect. Something happens, Steve. You never know. <laughs> put it, put him in a little glass case, you know, right next to Jagara's jug. Right, right <laughs> Spends the, a lot of time here, right by the dumpster of it. There'd be a glass case with Vec in a. You know, he looks so peaceful by yeah. Pajigari's jug. 
For Sylvie, I think it depends on when she dies and kind of how she feels like she fits in with her family. She definitely would want to have her body go back to her family when she dies. And if she feels like she's earned her place and helped elevate her family, then I think she would want to be um, probably cremated and then buried amongst them. But if she hasn't reached that point yet, I think her hope would be to be able to come back and still fulfill her goals and try to reach that point if possible. But either way, wants to end up with her family. Yeah, it's kind of a risk reward in this kind of world. Like, do you keep me intact so that maybe you can scrounge up the money to bring me back eventually? Or, but running the risk of, hey, if somebody like this guy down here gets a hold of my body, then I might be used against you or, you know, become some sort of horrible creature. I read a fascinating thing today because I, I had Vec on the brain. So I remembered when I was reading part of Book of the Dead, there were some interesting thoughts written down, like, quote unquote, by Geb in there on the properties of positive and negative energy. And one of the hypotheses that he has is that a lot of undead have a predilection towards evil. And that's like a corrupting influence of negative energy and um, positive energy animates and gives life to inanimate matter. So a, a regular living person has some sort of positive energy in them. But like when your soul departs your body and leaves that behind, it is neither affected by positive nor negative energy. So that is the truest form of the person that you are. So it was just kind of a, a weird and obviously like consider the source. This isn't evil undead yeah, yeah. necromancer, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like when someone's soul leaves their body in this fictional world, they kind of, in a sense, maybe become who they actually always were deep down or who they were always meant to be. And I know we, we've played multiple games where characters have wanted to come back or whatever, but like in practicality, would they because they actually become their destiny? I don't know. I, it, it's a weird like existential crisis type question that like I struggle with and we'll see how it might play out in this campaign specifically. But something to think about. I don't know. You might die and then realize none of this matters and there's bigger stuff going on for you to be. Um, involved in across the known universes and dimensions and time and stuff. Yeah, but like then you then you look that back down on that material plane and you see Rolf Lamb making your dumb corpse hit itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when grinds your gears. Oh, my truest form. But but do you care? Maybe not. I don't know. I think Vec does. You can be so distant from I, those earthly matters. I, yeah. I would like to think that he is, but he is a hyper example of somebody whose essence has been, um, some could even argue, corrupted by positive energy. So what does Vec look like without that? I don't know. Does that change the way that he feels, acts, thinks? Maybe. We'll see. Hopefully not, but we'll see. <laughs> I think you're not just going to be... I mean, Figgy's going to live, obviously, but the rest of you are going to be food for worms, and Figgy's going to eat well. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think you will eat fine. Well, I think I need to give out a hero point, and this week's hero point is going to Sylvie uh, for that really clutch crit on the 
uh, on the trap that disabled the trap and I think kept the party from just continuing to take not only bad acid damage, but bad persistent damage. So this week's is from 10 Lawn Gnomes, Eric. Not all heroes wear capes, but some do. So maybe get one of those half capes. So enjoy your hero point. Sage words. Thank you. Yeah, get a 50-50 cape. <laughs> I mean, Sylvie does have a dueling cape. Maybe she just cuts it in half, so it's a little extra I think fancy. a dueling cape is a half cape. Realistically, oh, really? a, a, yeah, a dueling cape is like a matador's cape. It's, if you think yeah. of like a bullfighter, and that cape is, it doesn't really go much past your waist, because it's meant to just like hide your arm Perfect. and body. She's already got it. She's already got a half cape. So when last we left our heroes, they had wandered into an exsanguination chamber, and it was filled with these blood seekers and a darrow and just drained blood and body lying on these slabs. And they found a strange device, a galvosphere that is meant to bring a body back, not through necromantic means, but through technological means. They realized that many of the paths from that room led to areas that they had already explored. But one path led to a hall lined with the yawning skulls all along the wall. And as the party entered this room, they failed to recognize those skulls as a trap, an acid spinning trap. However, Figgy noticed clattering coming from the walls as these two necrophidiuses attacked the party. The party was locked in combat, being battered by acid, using chalk brilliantly to, <laughs> to heal themselves. And although they are out of combat, some of our heroes are still suffering from this persistent acid damage so that's where we're going to start back up uh it is the end of diego's turn and i was remiss in not letting sylvie roll to end her um persistent damage last time only a two only a two i believe you already took the damage so yes you're good uh so diego I can't recall if you have another action or not. If you hit the thing, is there anything that you would even be able to really do in this situation? The only thing I have is a uh, trained in medicine, and I think I need healer's tools to do anything important for that yeah, stuff. So. Yeah. In combat, for sure. Uh, so it is Mir's turn. Mir, you're right next to Vec, who is uh, still sizzling. Yes. Um, and so I could just, I could do a medicine check, right? Like, and help him? Or no? Uh, so it, it is acid. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, so you could certainly use two actions to do something to aid him. Uh, mm -hmm. In this case, so there's a lot of different ways you can rule this aid because this is happening outside of Vex's turn. I would actually say if you do this aid, he can roll a check after you, if you successfully perform the aid, he can roll a check to stop persistently burning right away. There's a lot of options for GMs to use on these persistent damage rules, but I think that's the one I'm going to use for uh, this happening outside of Vex's turn. Okay, yeah, uh, looking at, you know, what I think could help, probably, you know, a solid acidic burst. Uh, right acid with acid. Right, yeah. Yep. That's what they say. <laughs> Two acids um, make a base. Do you do you have the cantrip base bolt prepared? Base bolt. <laughs> base bolt. No, that I have base nectar. I have healing plaster ready. Um, healing. Pl I would say healing plaster could probably act like a solve. Yeah. Uh, so my healing plaster. That is my. Those are my. Um, 
my tools. That's that's what my tools are. So that's my mud that I keep around instead of healer's tools. Um, so I would that would be me using um, some sort of medicine check to do uh, first aid or treat wounds, which I mean, since it's healing plaster and it's aka like you know healer's tools, I feel as though there'd be something to treat burns within a yeah, standard I think, healing I, kit. I think that's I think you could certainly use that to um, to do the two actions to try and treat this, uh, or at least to give him another roll. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's going to be uh, at the aid DC, so at a DC 20 for the medicine check. Okay. Okay. And I'll roll that. And I rolled a six on the die, which only gets me to 12. Okay. Uh, it um, doesn't it doesn't hurt him yeah. at all. It just doesn't... I'm not going to let that proc another save. Yeah, that's fine. I've got one more action, and so um, I'm going to cast Guidance. Okay. Okay. Nice. Vec, it is your turn. Uh, the acid damage will tick at the end of your turn. Thank you to uh, several of our listeners. I know Finder of Paths and Stars were the first one to call it out to me. We're supposed to be doing that at the end, right before the uh, the check to resolve the condition. All right. So I could douse myself with chalk again, mm-hmm. basically eat the other action or two to end my turn take damage and then flat check or flat check and then would take damage if that applies. So I'm going to give you the option here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use that chalk. We've been saying it's a single action because yep. you have it in your hand. Uh, you can use that chalk to either do one of two things. Give yourself a save right now to not take the damage, but the save will be at a DC 15 or wait. So cover yourself in chalk, take the damage and then the DC will be DC 10. But I was only um, sizzling two, so I'm going to sizzle two. Okay. And then try and roll for the DC 10. And you got uh, guidance. guidance. Okay. <sighs> Four. Jeez. All right. Rough. Okay. You're still sizzling. Um, yeah. I suppose that's your, that's your full turn there. That'll do it. Sylvie, is there anything that you can do to help yourself here? Sylvie's been watching Beck with this chalk and she has some in her backpack too. So she's (laughs) going to pull out some chalk, crush it, and sprinkle it on all of the acid that is covering her. She like covers the dark side of her hair and now it looks like she's she has all white hair. (laughs) Look, let's be real, who doesn't have chalk? Yeah, I was gonna say most of you should <laughs> should have chalk if you had a beginning adventures kit. Early in this game, I was we were looking at character sheets and I made a joke about how we brought thirty sticks of chalk and they're paying off. They're paying off, baby. Yeah, absolutely paying off. Who knew we would need so much? So I'll give you the same option that I just gave Steve. Uh, you can either roll right away to try and hit a DC fifteen and not take the damage, or you can. Uh, take the damage, and then that DC will be reduced from a 15 to a 10 when you roll it at the end. I am going to take the three persistent damage, and I am going to try for the lower DC because I am really bad at saves. Seven. Oh, boy. I'm going to keep doing it. Diego, I I think now that you have a full gamut of three actions, you could probably do something here uh, to aid. Uh, Be creative about what you think you might be able to do. Hmm. I might just try to uh, move up to someone or maybe wrap my hands in like rags and stuff and just try to brush the acid try off. To wipe it someone. off. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, is Vec down more than Sylvie? Who's who is who is worse off in this in this scenario? I've got twenty four hit points left. Sylvie has thirty two hit points. 
Okay, I'm moving to Vec. So, move. I will shield myself and then try to brush acid off of you as well. Uh, whatever that affords. Yeah, why don't you, uh, seeing as how, like, how quickly you can do this, why don't you roll me an athletics check? Okay. Since you're brushing. <laughs> That's a 13 total. Oh, 13 total. Uh, yeah, not no re-roll there, <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately. But, um... Smear's turn. Yeah, it's Mir's turn. Um, so I mean, I think it would make sense if Mir tries to do the same thing, although yeah, I know give it, it another go. work it's, really. You can certainly so. keep trying the same thing. Um, yeah, and I, I did roll pretty bad, <laughs> to be fair. Oh my god. So let's see how I roll this time. And it's a natural twenty. Uh natural there twenty, I'm gonna say so thirty two. I'm gonna say a crit <laughs> success on that will allow you to roll re like re-roll the check at a DC ten. Oh boy. Thank you very much, Haley. Let's Not see if it pays off. <laughs> had I had hey, guidance, dude. still, oh. that's a nine. Oh. That is a nine on the die. That's tough. How frustrating. Uh, now, now, what I will say is, Piggy's a smart animal. <laughs> you want to use, use your final action to give him two actions to try and, <laughs> try and kick up some dust and back, help him out. Piggy, so it is that, favor. you know, you say that, but... It is a, a one action thing, actually, for Figgy to basically mess with the terrain in front of an enemy. So it would make sense maybe if he spends a little bit more time, two actions, to instead of messing with the terrain and just, you know, making it difficult to move, he kicks it up at him. So I feel like that actually makes a lot of sense yeah, for what Figgy can it, do. Uh, if Figgy, if Figgy aids. So if, I think Figgy is probably making a, I think that might be athletics. I, uh, I could argue something else, maybe. I think uh, athletics makes sense to me. Okay. Either athletics or acrobatics. <laughs> he's like kicking it up. <laughs> he turns around to use his, his back legs. Yeah. He looks like Sonic running. It's like a wood chipper almost. <laughs> Just a spray coming out yeah. the back. I need to get a... DC 20. DC 20. So I have a plus nine in athletics. Mm -hmm. And I rolled an 11. Okay. <laughs> so that's a, that's a roll that's at a DC 15, though. Well, there's the 10. Oh, buddy. Oh, you've got oh to be kidding God. me, my dude. Okay. Vec, you're up. I assume you're using the chalk again. Are you using it for the DC 10 or the... Uh... DC 10, and I will also guidance myself. Okay. Good strategy. This is the fourth D20 I'm going to be rolling. So you take your Just two points of acid. through all these. Yes, I do. 12 on the die. There it, it was is. the right call. There, there it, it is. is. And he is covered with chalk, water, and dirt. So he's just a total mess. And like Diego's hair is like stuck to him. <laughs> uh, th thank you, thank you, thank you. We gotta get Sylvie. She's still sizzling down there. Speaking of. Is she? We'll see. It is Sylvie's turn. All right. She again douses herself in chalk this time trying to cover up maybe areas she missed before mm -hmm. her skin is just blistering she takes her persistent damage and then I'm going to try to roll at the lower DC okay it was almost an 11 and then it went to a 9 uh, who would win a party of five adventurers or two liters of acid <laughs> yeah so that's uh, three more points of acid damage Diego it's your turn I assume you're running up and trying that athletics on uh, Sylvie right you would be correct okay go ahead and make me that roll 23 23 okay Sylvie go ahead and make me another save at a DC 15 6 
Going really well here. Mir. <sighs> Mir will run up uh, to as close as she can get to Sylvie and will try to support with a um, medicine check um, again like she has been doing. Sure. And let's see what we get. Uh, that's a 14 on the die. That's above 20, 26. So we are good. Go ahead. Make me another uh, another roll. <sighs> Cycling through. I'm on my lucky die. <gasps> it's a 19. Okay. Yes. 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 Check. Ends the burning and you're all... Is it crispy after you get burnt with acid? Probably not, right? No. Melty. Yeah, Melty. You're, yeah, you're all a little like blistered. Soupy, a little blistered. Yeah. And and maybe a little banged up from these necrophidiuses. You finally get a chance to like ori- orient yourself around the room. And now that some of you are up on the northern part of the room, you do see a door that leads to the east. Uh, you also see a tunnel to the north that looks like it's that same really tight uh, Darrow tunnel. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Darrow could have come and gone from in there and just hopped straight into this door. Okay. Hold on before we go any further. That really took a lot out of me. And I don't think you all are feeling your best either. I don't think we should press on until we heal up. I agree. I think we need to rest and recover before we continue. All right. Uh, who wants some healing? Because I can do two at once. So. I... What? Venture to guess, I've lost about 32 units of blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. All right. That makes sense. So Mira's not lost very much, but I know everyone else is doing bad. Mm-hmm. So if I can just heal, I guess I could just start with Sylvia and Diego since they're the closest ones. That That's fine. You're probably going to have to do that a couple times, I imagine. Um, if I have a half hour, I just will heal myself up to full exactly and be as good as I am right now with all my consumables and stuff. I don't know if that's going to take you a half hour, um, Haley, or what, to do them. It will take me 10 minutes to do the first heal, right? Like, I, I don't yeah, know right, how I don't long know. it'll take because yeah, I'll have to roll. We'll see. I got the static. And you have the thing that makes them immune for 10 minutes instead of an hour, right? Me? Rapid recovery. Rapid recovery. I have continual recovery is what it's called. Okay. okay. But yes. Yeah, same deal. That's what that one does. Okay, perfect. Yeah, why, well, why don't you see how far you get them on the first one, and uh, you guys can gauge whether that's going to... You can at least start with a with a mm-hmm. lay on hands. Okay. Um, I don't think I'm going to do risk... I wouldn't do risky surgery. I don't think anyone needs it that bad, I guess, and we have time. So I will just go ahead and shoot for DC 20. Okay, let's see what you do. And I got a 13 on the die for a total of 25. And nice. so um, that's some solid healing. That is going to be 2d8 plus 10. So 17 points of healing this first go around for both of you. Awesome. Okay. That sounds like it's going to need at least one more, right? Yeah. And yeah. so now I need to treat someone else, right? Or do I... Does it? Is it 10 minutes in between or can I just treat them immediately? It's going to take me us 10 minutes to be able to do it again. Yeah. It's like a 10 minute refresh. But I can, uh, yeah, okay. Anyways, um, so then I will- I, I think the way that that works though is that you can do it every 10 minutes. It's not like 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off. Oh, The point okay, of that okay. one is so that you can keep doing That's it every 10 I minutes. That's what I thought. Yeah. I just like had a moment, and I think I've done this like three or four times now, every time that I talk about this 10 minutes. 
Now, Steve, what I'll, what I'll let you do, which is something that you had brought up to me, is if you if you want to get to full in 20 minutes, mm-hmm. as a life oracle, as part of your refocusing, I believe making a medicine check can apply to that refocusing process. Oh, sure. So if you want to so spend I- one of your refocusing trying to heal yourself, you can do that. Or, or heal somebody else. I mean, I would be getting myself up to full. So um, I did do another round of healing. I rolled a 12, which gets me a 24, so that succeeds. Um, and then I rolled 2d plus 10, and that's 20 points of healing for the both of you. How are you doing? I believe I'm back up to full now. Yes, I am. Sylvie's also up to full. That, All did, right. that exactly put me at full. <laughs> All right. How are you doing, Beck? Yeah, it's been 20 yeah. minutes for us. 20 minutes, I'd be down 10, so... That's what I was saying, like, if you want to spend one of those 10-minute increments healing yourself as you refocus, you could potentially... I I was going to say, so if we want to do one more 10-minute round, I wouldn't mind healing, like, you and Figgy, or even myself and Figgy. Do yourself and Figgy, and I'll get myself up to full no problem, Okay. just so that we're all capped out, and I don't have the chance of failing the medicine check, because it's low, but it's possible, and... Yeah. Like a crit, like fail or whatever. So Makes sense. All right. For my roll with Figgy, I got a 14 on the die for 26 total, which means I can get my 2d8 plus 10. Oh, <laughs> minimum healing. Oh. Um, that sucks. That's fine, though. It's not too bad because um, that's just 12 points of healing and Figgy needed only 10. So really not too worried. Oh. While we're waiting, Vec is also going to take an anti-plague and antidote lesser, both both of them being lesser, um, to shore up against some potential future encounters, and then might have a couple moments left over. This is only going to take a few actions, and I'll go ahead and and go around the entire party. Now, hold on. I mean, we want to present a good image for whoever we come up against. And we'll just press the digitation, all the chalk dust and the mud and all the <laughs> all the nastiness off of us. That is a good reminder. I will also chug an antidote. I've got anti-plague on now, but I, I want to make sure for anything we come across, I'm ready. All right. And I have an extra anti-plague if anyone wants it. I'm not worried about spending consumables in this part where we're probably going to need them. I was not say, I've had them. I just don't use them. <laughs> they last for four hours. Pretty, pretty long. Okay. So you guys are all healed up. You've taken some precautionary uh, medicines. And there is this door uh, to the east that seems to be the only door that's not a Darrow Tunnel. Mm. I mean, I think we should go through it. Sure. If you approach it uh, and you try it in any way, it is locked. Oh, it's locked. Yeah. Um, Well, does anyone have debris? (laughs) Sylvie does. I kind of thought you would. Beck looks back. Gakin, come on, we're moving. Oh, is the trap over? Uh, it's been over <laughs> the half hour, mate. We're sitting in this hallway healing up. Listen, I kind of zoned out there. It, it does something to you when you see your own lower body sitting in a pile of trash. Wait, hold up. If Okay, so let's say, let's say Chris' character was doing really, really bad. So Diego really hurt. Could I heal both Gaken and Diego for just double healing right away? Um, yes, you could. Yeah, yeah, you could. They both are valid targets for healing. So if you that's good. If, he, if he's like, yeah, if he's like at five health and you want to heal up the group really fast, you could spend the first ten minutes 
doing a ward medic on the two of them. Right, yeah, oh, that makes would... sense. Oh, I actually, I do remember that was how, um, when we did that, it's always Frosty and Irison for Paizo, that was like, that was part of my summoner, summoner build, stuff. Yeah. 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 Ooh, and, and just to get it on the record, I think Vex's been rolling around with, uh, with nothing in his hands. In his left hand, he's going to be holding the wand of first level heal just in case I need to use that in combat. Sure. All right. Sylvie was inspired by the other party members. She's going to take her antidote lesser to help against anything we might face in the future. And then she pulls out her thieves tools and she's going to try to pick this lock. All right. Okay. That is a 21. Yeah, with the 21, you, 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 you realize something here. This door doesn't seem like it's often locked. You see, like, it doesn't look like people, you don't see, like, footprints or anything when you walk up to it of people, like, sitting here unlocking it. Um, you get the impression that it was recently locked as you unlock it. Huh. And the door opens to well. what appears to be an alchemy lab, some kind of laboratory. Uh, the wooden tables here are stacked with vials, beakers, and other alchemical gear. Although the southern one is heaped with broken vials and leans awkwardly on a hastily repaired leg. Three large cauldrons sit along the east wall, one of them upended. It's foul, rancid contents, uh, what you can only imagine is old, rendered fat, uh, has spilled onto the floor. And the readied actions of the two inhabitants in here go off. They had heard the trap happening, they locked the door behind you, and they waited for you to come through here. Hmm. All right, these names I just know <laughs> hovered over. We got the sexy Daryl Strangler. <laughs> 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 and it's staring. It is staring Sylvie now. <laughs> uh, Sylvie, run. <laughs> oh, killing me. Wow. Okay, so what happens immediately is a sound burst goes off in the room from the sexy Darrow Strangler. He casts (laughs) it right through the open door. Uh, Careful. Deafening. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Careful to cast it far enough in to avoid his crazy Darrow stalker friend. Oh, that's... I didn't know there was another one. Yes. Uh, so, let's see here. I get a little, uh, little emanation going. Should we be rolling? Uh, you will be in a second. I'm, I'm doing the ready to actions here. Okay. So, 10 feet. It's everybody. Gets oh, everybody, no. including Gakin. What's the save on this? This is a fortitude save. Okay. There we go. All right. I got a 12 on the day for 22 for Mir. 22 is a success for Mir. 23 for Vec. Sounds like that's a success that's as well. Success. Yep. I think he got a flat 20. 20 is a success. Oh, good, good, good. Lowest across my two saves is a 13. Okay, 13 is a failure, not a critical one. 28 for Sylvie. 28 is so close to a crit success, but it's only a regular success. Ah. Vec can't see in the room. He hears this deafening moaning. What's going on in there? Dear Lord. (laughs) So, 
Those of you that failed, I believe that's just Diego, take 15 points of damage. The rest of you are going to take seven points of sonic damage. The uh, crazy Darrow Stalker is going to swing its Atlas at, well, the person who unlocked the door, uh, Sylvie. So, Sylvie, you are going to get cover from this. She is like around the hall. So you're actually going to get the full um, the full cover. So your AC plus two. Okay. However, with the 27, I think that'll still get you. Yes, that will. Okay. You're going to take eight points of bludgeoning damage. And now we will roll for initiative. All right. Now, Sylvie, you can use that thievery for initiative. Woo. Yeah. I think I got a 21 on that thievery, so I can keep that one. All right. Vex got a 12. Solid work, Vex. Hey, right where I want, right where I want to be. High roll for Diego. I got a 26. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. How about Mir? Um, Mir got a 17. Not very good roll for me. Okay. Well, I believe that's everybody. And at the start of combat, it is Diego. Diego is immediately going to rage, maul in hand, and sudden charge into the room. I'm flavoring this like he's walking into this room then he is like running up against the wall, like leaping off of the wall into a position behind this Darrow Strangler that's in here. And I'm immediately going to take a swing and a strike at her. Sure. 19 to hit. Beats beats. Yes. Pretty good damage. That's going to be 21 points of damage bludgeoning. I like that as my opener. That's, that's that good. is a good opener. Well, yeah, Rage and then Sudden Charge, that's your full opener, but ouch. It's the crazy Darrow <laughs> Stalker's turn. She's going to actually move uh, behind, or I guess in front of, depends where we're talking here, her, um, her sexy Darrow Strangler friend. And she's going to strike out with her Atlas at Sylvie, rolling... Uh, I, I think I think yeah I'm just gonna attack Sylvie's gonna nimble dodge okay she hasn't acted yet in initiative though oh shoot that's right thank you yep. yeah oh darn it it's rough uh, it is a 19 to hit oh nope that will not hit okay so she misses and then she pulls that Eclis back into her hand next in the order is my sexy Darrow Strangler Hubba hubba. What does he want to do? I think I'm going gonna, gonna to make an athletics check against Diego here. 27 against your Fortitude DC. That beats it. Okay, so he actually takes the rope attached to this Atlas and so, like jumps at you and gets it over your neck and the weight of him pulls him down and he starts strangling you from the back. His namesake. You take eight points of damage and you are grabbed. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good opener. I think. I think you can't really hang there forever, though. You're so tall, so he kind of drops you, and then attacks. And with a natural one, misses you. Ooh, okay. Then, knowing how uh, ridiculously damaging you are with that maul. 
He's going to move to the other side of his crazy Darrow stalker friend. Hopefully she can help him back to back. And that is his three actions. Am I still grabbed by the Aquas? You are not grabbed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he, he had to release you to attack you then. Okay. Next in the order is Sylvie. Sylvie was using two hands to pick the lock on this door. So her first action is going to be to draw her Kukri. Okay. Then she enters the room and she moves up to the Duro and she attempts to move around to the other side of it with a tumble through, setting up an easier flank for her and Diego. Let me see. Oh, it's going to be it's gonna be tough getting through this uh, sexy Darrow Strangler. Sylvie's doing a little dance through through their square. He just spits at you. Do you for me sexy, baby? <laughs> Sefty has like pale gray blue skin. He's three feet tall, bug eyes, crazy nasty hair. Tumble under his fishnet stockings. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the Austin Powers song starts to play. That is a 28 on the tumble through. 28 does it, yeah. All right. And then she still has one more action left. So she is going to attack the sexy Darrow because that's the one that Diego attacked previously, correct? Yep, correct. All right. And it's going to be flat footed to her attack since she tumbled sure through its square. Oh, and she is in a state of panache now. That is a 27. 27 is exactly a critical hit Whoa. with flat footed. Yes. Man, I should have used my finisher, but that's okay. That is 16 points of damage on the crit. Okay. All right, that was all three actions. He is still up, but I mean, it's hard to say. Do, do the new scars make him less sexy or more sexy? Good question. Mm. Stop. <laughs> you know, so. I would say the rips in his mesh shirt are definitely adding to the Yeah, it's a real debacle, right? Yeah. Like, we really can't. I don't think we could solve this in one episode. No. It's Charisma's going up. <laughs> <laughs> Mir, you're up. All right. Well, I think that Mir is going to kind of keep this simple in the fact that she is going to stride 15 feet and she is going to uh, attack with her war razor and see what happens. Sure. Let's see. I got a 16 on the die. That's really good. That's a 26. 26 hits, does not crit. Okay, well, that's, I mean, still good. And, ooh, five damage. <laughs> not Man, very much damage. Just, just wobbling here. Uh, Charisma goes another point higher. <laughs> <laughs> and slash him near one of his eyes, but, like, just enough to give him, like, that smolder look and, like, the nice oh, scar yeah, above yeah. his eyebrow. Yeah. I think with her last action, she's going to command Figgy to move twice to get into the room. Okay. Now, Figgy could set up the flank with Sylvie if you wanted him to. It would just be um, difficult terrain to get up on that table. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so I think that's a great idea. So Mir will command Figgy to move in. It's going to take two actions because he just doesn't have enough movement. And he is going to crawl up. Uh, scamper up with his, uh, normally he actually has a climb speed and a burrow speed, so this is fine for him, so he just kind of scampers up with his little claws onto the table, and he is ready to flank. Sure. Vec. Be careful in there, Figgy, as he sees him go disappear into the room, and Vec is going to run in after him. Wait, should I accompany you into the room, or... (laughs) (laughs) Just, 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 just stay there for now. We'll... 
I'll figure it out. I'll wait to see if my attuned spirit guides me. All right, so Vec ends up in the doorway and can see the two Darrow. I mean, I got the two action. Ah, you know, do I want to hit him with the electric arc? Of course, that that's in there, but I also could intimidate both of them. The one's close. Um, let's get some reflex saves, Griffin. Okay. Reflex save from the one up front. Ooh, not good, baby. Only an 11. That's going to fail. And yes. then reflex save from the second one is oh. uh, also not good. 15. Both of those fail. You're taking full damage here for both awesome. of them. Oh, and that's pretty good, too. That's one point below max. We are looking at 11 points of electricity damage for them both. Okay. Sexadera Strangler just, like, gets zapped and... It makes him flex. Like, <laughs> it looks even sexier for a moment before he crumples to the ground. That one's power scare me. <laughs> uh, however, the crazy Darrow stalker that did injure them, but they are still combat ready. That's three actions. That's my turn. Okay. Next to the order is Diego. Okay. Diego is going to take a five foot step to be flanking this last Darrow with Sylvie, and he'll cur- uh, call out to him. I'll have you strike a pose, too. And take some swings out on him. 21. 21 hits. 24 points of damage on the first hit. And I'll have one more swing for him. 20. There we go. There we go. Because you're flanking, that hits. Yes. Another massive hit, hopefully. Yes. That is 25 points of damage. (laughs) What does it look like? Just Dang. the first swing into him, like hits his in his diaphragm. He's bent over, and then one above the head, down uh, directly on him on the ground, drives him to the floor dead. All right. Well, you are out of combat, and now I would like some. Uh, I, I assume you you this room is full of stuff. Yeah, I want to look this around. Room, I Absolutely. Check around. I want to see what's going on here. So are you looking for perception? I want to I'm looking for perceptions. Uh, if you guys are taking your standard actions in this room, Beck, you do detect magic in this room. Uh, there's certainly magic. I, I know it's kind of like you, you can't pinpoint it in the 2E detect magic, but you can certainly see that there's magic here. All right. I'm looking around with a 24 perception initially. I'm close to some of these vats. Yeah, close to some of those vats. You can see what is in the vats. It is like rendered bodily fluids. The one is the one that is turned over. You can now clearly tell is is fat, but uh, one of these contains blood, like you had thought maybe was taken somewhere else from the exsanguination chamber. Oh, um, looks like it was being used alchemically in here for something. Um, mm. They're making male vitality pills in here. Oh no. Yeah. As you as you kind of search all three, that check does find you a secret tunnel, uh, and that tunnel appears to be another one of these Darrow tunnels. All right. Mm. So we've got two tunnels now leading up to the north, one in this room and one in the hallway outside. Yeah. Mir kind of went between these two tables with things on them, um, colorful things on them. And she has rolled a 26. Uh, Figgy's on the other side of one of the tables, and he got a 20. Mir, as you're examining this area, 
it looks like there was a struggle in here. Oh. Uh, like a violent struggle. Like yeah. things like this table looks like it was smashed by something big. Huh. And part of this lab is destroyed. You find close to what looks like a workstation, like a bug out bag. Oh. What's what's in the bug out bag? More chalk. Well, the first thing, <laughs> the first thing you notice about this bag is it is like the string on it and everything are like gossamer webs and you're not detecting magic, but it certainly seems like the bag itself is magical. Interesting. A bag of holding that only holds webs. What's, what's in it? I like Up, dig my hand in it. You dig your hand in it and your hand goes far deeper then this bag should go. Is it like an every need bag? Let's check. Let's. Because there a check I can do. You can, magical you can roll any magical tradition about this bag. Okay. We got a twenty-five occultism. Got a twenty-seven nature. Ten. Yeah, you guys. Uh-huh. Well, you don't. Know. <laughs> you're, you're not a part of this. So. Uh, you guys know this is a bag of holding one. Yeah. Oh. And as you reach down, you hear a bunch of clattering as if there are several glass vials in here and you're blindly reaching around. You almost poke yourself on something really sharp and you feel some like papers and stuff. As you start to draw things out of the bag, you uh, you pull out what looks like a potion and then just like a vial of some kind of oil. Another potion comes out, but this one is a different color and then two more potions that you can actually recognize without a check are definitely minor healing potions. You've seen these before. Uh, And then you pull out this scroll and it appears to be sealed with like a um, this strange wax. Uh, I would allow a society check on on the seal. Ooh. Sylvie takes a closer look. It is a 25. Sylvie, you definitely know this. This seal is the seal of the Academy in Corvosa. Oh, the Academy of Magic, the one that um, your family is associated with. Unfurling it, it's a magical scroll. Can we roll over the uh, magical tradition checks we've been making? Yeah, I think so, because you guys have been rolling very well. But the final thing that comes out is this blade, and it is kind of maybe longer than a dagger. And it has this language written on it that I don't know that any of you understand. Huh. Are you sure? Because I speak both common and Varesian. Yeah, you could give me your languages if you oh, if, yeah, yeah. If you want. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you for sure. Uh, common, Druidic, Orcish. Amurin. Common, Draconic, Elven, Infernal, Sylvan. Wow. Sylvan would be our best bet on. But if it's none of those, that's interesting. Yeah. Why don't you roll me a society check on that as well? But I will tell you, as you're rolling that society check, I'm going to roll over your magical tradition checks. Uh, Obviously, the two potions of the two minor potions of healing, you have a potion of expeditious retreat in there. Okay. And a potion of leaping in there. The scroll itself, as you examine it and read the arcane writing, is a scroll of pocket library. Ooh. That's an 18 on the society check. You think this is some sort of planar language. Hmm. Uh, you're not really sure what it says, but it seems to be 
part planar language, part symbols. And I'll roll over that check for what this is. This is a plus one striking wishblade. What? You think what is written in here is from some sort of jinn or genie. I almost want to spend the money to get whatever the two equivalent of like a scroll of comprehend languages is just to identify what's written on this once we get out of here. I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. At the very least, it'll satiate my player curiosity because that rocks. And it's incredibly unexpected to have something from a, a jinn or a genie in a corpse cellar in Corvosa, very far away from where I feel like they're normally found in Galarian. Yeah, with that society check, you would know that a wishblade is not something common in in this area of the world. It's it's certainly more common uh, in like Catapash and uh, and maybe Osirian would have a wishblade as well, but it's uh, where there are kind of more of the planar races of the world these wish blades are forged. So there's a struggle here. There's a bug out bag that has nothing to do with the Darrow in here. And something <laughs> big came through here. Seems like they've like taken over, repurposed some of the stuff in here, maybe. Like the original occupants might be elsewhere, but have like surrendered this room somehow. Yeah, possibly. Uh Griff, with all of those checks and, and all of that stuff, do we do we know what a wish blade is? Is it like a, a like a long sword that has special properties or a kukri with special properties or something? Yeah, so you know this one is essentially a alchemically treated metal mm-hmm. that gives you a free action uh, when you use it. If you cast a spell, you can empower the wish blade with a fragment of that magic as a free action. That's pretty dope. Ooh. This one being plus one striking. Uh, th- this one... Uh, you, you notice by its size is actually what's known as a wish knife. Okay, that's so they are. That's so they are, they, they are like, like who, two things. Who can even use it? Goodbye, mm-hmm. Maul. Hello, wish blade. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. So, so potentially someone with the ability to cast spells could use the uh, conduct energy action, uh, free action, after they cast a spell to empower this weapon and then strike with it. So, I mean, this this seems like textbook Sylvie, but I just don't know if you're like if you have like the proficiency for the specific type of blade. Yeah, right. I'll check that out. Would casting something like shield be able to empower like can cantrips so, do that? So Wishblade has the resonant special weapon property, which is what's giving it this new action. So the 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 properties of the uh, the conduct energy action are your last action or spell this turn had the acid cold electricity fire or sonic trait so uh, if you if you for instance were to pick up a uh, a spell with like an attack spell or something you could you could use something like a burning hands and then conduct energy into the wish blade and it would deal a point of fire damage when you attack with it very cool Again, this one is a wish knife, which is the smaller version. Um, the wish blade is a little bit, it's almost like a knife versus like a long sword. Mm-hmm. I think the wish wish blade is is no longer like a light weapon. Uh, it's actually a, like a, I don't know if it's considered a heavy blade, but it's, it's a big sword. This one kind of looks like, if any of you played Oblivion, it kind of looks like the, 
Like the runes are pretty similar to like the Daedric sword where sure, it, or sure. Daedric, Daedric dagger where it kind of has that like little bit of curve to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely looks uh, foreign in the sense that like you wouldn't think a blacksmith in, in this city would make it. Uh, the other thing you guys notice as you dig through this room is that the door to the south is boarded up. Oh, is it? Yeah, so there's a door that, that down like a slight hallway here. I wonder if whatever big thing was in this room is now trapped behind there. I think uh, if we go to the south, we might want to heal first. Those of us who have been damaged. Yeah, how far down are you guys? I am 17 down. Gotcha. I'm seven. Seven for both Figgy and Nier. 15 down for Sylvie. All right, well, get over here, Sylvie and Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you just need another set of heels. If you want to do the two of them, I will lay on hands myself and refocus. Okay. Um, I did not hit 20, so I um, did not success successfully uh, heal that time. So we got to do another um, wait, basically 10 minutes. Snap X lays on hands, Figgy. Yep. Yep. And the next time I did go above 20, so we're fine. And I'll take two. 21 healing. Yeah. So you're both at full. So the only one that is not at full right now is Mirror. And Figgy. Oh no! I think got from the second. Um, yeah, hand. yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry. If if I could just try the medicine check to see if I succeed to to lay a little healing on Mir, um, I do, I do. So that's two d eight. Yay! Come on. This um, I think might be my first non magical healing of the campaign. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Just don't move, Mia. As Mir is like healing everyone else, you're like stitching up a wound on her shoulder. <laughs> we got we got the uh, we got the train going. That's eleven points of healing. Awesome. Okay. That's at full. So everyone is at full, and from here, you can see that there is a path that heads to the east, to the north. Diego was able to see those Darrow tunnels again. It's going to be cramped going through there, but that's something like maybe you could send Sazzy through if you wanted to. Uh, and then to the south, there's this hallway and a barred door, like a bar- Like It looks like there are um, there are planks of wood like hammered into this door. So you think like getting in, you're, you're going to have to, if you have a crowbar, that's going to be really helpful, but you're going to have to like, you're not going to be able to thiever your, your way okay. through that. You're going to have to smash mm-hmm. through. Diego has a crowbar and can force open, but I like the idea of sending Sazzy up to the north just to scout out before we do anything further. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also think I'd prioritize going east before this boarded up place to the south that hasn't seen traffic and could have a giant monster behind it. Hmm. This uh, Could Figgy smell the door and see if there's some like monster immediately behind it? Oh, you got that scent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. He sniffs at the door. He smells something gross. All right. What's new in this area? But it's good to know. (laughs) So Sazzy's going up, right? Yeah, we can ask him to go up and report back what he sees. Sazzy heads up. There is another secret door that he would open. And he sees him not empty of things, but empty of 
creatures to his reckoning room as he kind of stealthily opens this final door. And there are bookshelves here. Uh, He sees a a path that leads to the east, but when he kind of like sneakily turns, it it ends in a door. So he leaves it be, comes back through. Um, It looks like some kind of some kind of library or something in there. Again, it, I mean, it gets pretty cramped, Diego. I'm not really sure how uh, how you'll be able to slide through it. Uh, but there's, um, you know, if there is another path to the north, there's certainly a door to the east uh, in that room. I don't know where that heads, but, you know, it might be worth circling back if we can find the door to the other side of that library. Uh, I mean, looked like some interesting books. I didn't really get to read any, but, um, you know, they looked like... They look like they might have to do with, with like, magic or something. We are in pursuit of a necromancer. Could be his study. Hmm. It's it's weird to think of a library under... Yeah, this is a very strange spot for a library. You know, like a catacomb. Man, it'd be, suck to lug all your books through all this. <laughs> That's what they're over for. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all we know, what's the decision from here? I like the idea of facing, if there is something big behind the door, facing it while we still have some some resources we haven't expended. But further exploration is always good, too. I'm down for whatever. Exazzy didn't indicate that there was anything in the library that might look hostile. So we could peek in there, see what we find, and then come back and take care of this big old door. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, you know you might be able to spend some time trying to squeeze through there if you wanted to take the Darrow Passage. Otherwise, you know that there's something to the north, but you'd have to you'd have to find it. Man, that'd be uh, difficult for Diego to squeeze through. Yeah. I know he's mechanically medium as well, but... He's a big boy. He's big. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, sort of, I sort of assumed that like this Eastern Pass met up with that met up with that library but maybe i just misinterpreted or didn't hear correctly i don't think we know it might. we don't yeah. we haven't been down it yet like we have no idea do we want to explore yeah. to the east just to see what's there yeah let's do that all right let's see if we can find that library entrance okay why not i think diego will be scouting maybe like uh moving uh just carefully through the passage okay. is it do we want him to be the front line or you guys want anyone else want to be in front of him all right he's gonna go then I think it's good to put you in front Mm -hmm. (laughs) and probably Sylvie follows yeah Sylvie's gonna be stealthing sure so Diego you head down this hall and you see it uh, from your vantage point it looks like it might dead end uh, until you get a little further and then you can see that it splits Mm -hmm. to the south and to the north um Looks like these passages branch. There's a path leading north and south. Can I do a? Or can I? Can I could we, we do perception checks uh, here to yeah, see I'll if you, we? I'll let you take a perception check here. Maybe see if there's something interesting one way or another. That's just a sixteen for me. Mm-hmm. Mir and Figgy are, are quite far behind you, but Figgy has he's been really sniffing because he rolled a nineteen and uh, has a thirty. For yeah. Perception. Yeah, if Figgy were to kind of, like, come up by Diego, he would start growling towards the south. Uh, what, did, what did everyone else get? Mir um, 
has only gotten a 16. I rolled a four. I can't roll a 30 and I'm way in the back. So I'm just as a non-animal, you'll probably get different information is is why. Oh, sure. Ah. 14. The shot. 15. Okay. Um, Yeah. Figgy, Figgy whimpers at what's to the south. Oh boy. Um, Diego, you're the only one at the crux of the passage. You, with a 16, can just barely hear this thick, angry laughter. Like, (laughs) Oh, that sounds bad. And then you just hear, like, the tail end of a scream then gets cut off. There's something large down there to the south, and it's, it's hurting something down there as well. We've got to go then. I'm worried, but I don't see any alternative. We have to help. Okay. Theo's here, step back so you can go back in front. (laughs) Theo is going to creep forward five feet at a time, slowly. Um, Moving ten feet down the passage, it it does start to open up to a larger room. Yeah, it starts to open up to the south. Five more feet. (sighs) Are you uh, considering yourself stealthing at this point? I I think I would try yeah I would try to move stealthily. Okay. Um, I guess you can't really stealth and scout at the same time, but I would I'd say that I'm trying to stealth at this point. Okay. We heard something. We're trying to sneak up on it. Uh, why don't you roll me a stealth check? Okay. Do you want Sylvie to roll as well? That's a two for a ten total. Yeah, Sylvie, if you're stealthing, you can you can roll a stealth. Okay. Um, however, you see Diego just stumble in front of you and kicks some rocks across your path and the top of my metal ball clatters against the gra- the <laughs> rock tail all of that distracts from Sylvie trying to hide because I got a natural 20 for a 30 Diego I think you're the only one that can see into the room yeah and you you stumble and then you brace yourself on the wall and you look now that you can see into the room you see this huge misshapen figure uh, with just this woman in his hand like by the throat and he's just greedily like speedy eyes like looking at her laughing at her struggling in his grip you see that like him choking her off probably cut off the scream and he hears the noise that you produce in the hall and he throws her roughly down into this pit that's like lightly lined with hay. Uh, you you hear a bunch of gasps as uh, potentially other people down in this pit move or are hit by her descending body. And this monster just turns at you. Well, 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 we have another intruder. <laughs> you coming to join my pits? It's on. It's on. Oh, God. And I need you to roll for initiative. We have Diego and Sylvie's. And so oh, yeah, okay. just do regular perception for everyone else? Yes. Uh, no scout bonus this time. Yep, because we're stealthing. All right, so Sylvie probably top of the order with a 30. Uh, Diego probably bottom of the order with a 10. I rolled a natural 20. That's a 28. Okay. Ooh. Wow. I don't need it. I wish I saved against the acid with that earlier. (laughs) I don't even have room to move, but that's it. All right. At the start of this round, unnoticed because of the oaf in front of her, uh, Sylvie. Oh, right. Mir got a 20. I don't, I totally forgot to tell you. (laughs) It's in as a 20. 
I don't give a shit what Mir got. <laughs> Sylvie, you you are first to act. Uh, you can't see this creature yet, uh, but you just hear what's been happening in this room, and Diego clearly has reacted. You can see the fur on his back stand up. <laughs> yeah, she really does not have a good vantage point from where she is at. Sylvie has to enter the room to even see what's going on. So she moves up past Diego and then can see, oh, and the way this creature is standing in the room, she cannot, there's not enough space to try to move around him and set up a flank. One thing about being virtual is it's really weird to have no idea what's going on in the combat because Mm -hmm. I can't see because my character can't see. It's more realistic, but Mm -hmm. also very weird. I'm used to being able to see the whole map. Immersive. All these these, like tight, twisty, turny tunnels really cut you off. Uh Uh-huh. Like I I see Mir and Gaken and that's it. (laughs) Sylvie's going to continue her movement, attempting to tumble through and end up back um, in the square she's currently occupying. Okay. That is a 30. 30 does it. All right, in a state of panache, she deftly dodges between its legs and comes back to the same square. This creature is now flat-footed against her as she strikes with her new wish knife. Nice. Ooh, so that's a 29 against its flat-footed. 29 against his flat-footed is exactly a critical. Yeah! All right. That's amazing. Man, again, should have used my finisher, but I didn't. (laughs) That is 20 points of damage. All right. Ouch. Um, and... Good first use of the weapon. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, This is a great weapon. She still has one more action. Since I didn't do a finisher, why not attack again? Oh, boy. Um, nope, not with a 10. Okay. Beck, can't see what's going on, man. No, he is basically last in line with Geek in there. Um, he's behind Mir, and I think Mir's right about at the intersection, if not close. Yes. Mir, can you see anything? No, I I really can't. In fact, I can only see Figgy. Are you are you and Figgy gonna be moving up? Absolutely. All right, I'll follow you in, uh, Griff. I'm gonna delay until after Mir. Okay. Mir, you're up. All right. Awesome. I think before she starts to tell Figgy to do something, she needs to move up to the point where she can see. So I I should be able to move um, down. 20 feet into the tunnel. Oh, that's where, that's actually where Diego is. So I'll move 25 feet and move just past Diego. And holy crap, I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) didn't reach. That's a very big thing in front of me. Okay, great. So from here, if I, my problem is if I cast a spell, Figgy is not, is only able to move, which uh, he's a smart animal, so I think that would not be a huge issue, but also I don't love that. But I also think it might be our best bet, so. Alright, I think I might go ahead and cast uh, Produce Flame at this guy. Sure. And see what happens. Alright, 
So, produce flame. I um, actually uh, roll my attack there. I got a six on the die for 16. Yeah, 16 doesn't get. <laughs> Dang it. That sucks. All right. And then Figgy is going to um, act on his own and move up. So Figgy can move in 20 feet. Yeah, and I think that's what he'll do. I think he'll just move in 20 feet right in front of Mir. And then Mir, uh, like, just, you know, last very last thing, free action. That It's looking bad. Real bad. Oh, dear. All right, I'll be right there. <laughs> Okay, it is Vec's turn. Okay, Vec moves up to the intersection. So a full 20 feet of movement gets him behind Diego. I've got Mir and Figgy. It looks like I I still can't see the creature is the problem. Yep. So it looks like I could squeeze next to Diego maybe. Yeah, that's fine. I'm squeeze next to him. Okay, and so now I'm right next to Diego. Mir and Figgy in front of me, Sylvie just in front of them, and then, oh my, that is, uh, that guy's looking wild. Vex sees this hulking creature. Oh dear. Your time is up, my friends. We are here, and you will no longer terrify the people below or above the streets of Corvosa. This is going to be an intimidation check. Okay. My intimidation check comes out to a 27. Okay, that intimidates. Okay, so the creatures frighten one. I actually think with all of the diagonals that I ended up having to move 30 feet to get a good vantage point on this creature, which means that that's greater than one movement for me. So I think that's all three of my actions there. Yeah, it was 30 feet. Okay, it is this creature's turn. Oh, that hurt a bit with a tiny knife. He's gonna just with this massive meaty fist just punch at Sylvie. Sylvie tries to dodge out of the way as the punch comes. That's a 29 to hit. Yes, that still hits <laughs> even with her dodging. Okay, let's see about that, uh, that damage though. I feel like this is gonna hurt a lot. 16 points of bludgeoning damage. He's going to grab you, grabs you right around the throat. And then with his final action, slams you against the wall, choke slams you. What? Yeah, he has you grabbed. <sighs> so here's what happens. You immediately take 10 points more of bludgeoning damage, and I need you to make me a fortitude save. Notably, I am out of liberating command level spells that spell level one for the day, so I can't get I can't get you out of this one. All right, I rolled an eighteen for a twenty-nine. Okay, I think you're good. Oh. Uh, I mean, other than being restrained uh. by this massive creature uh, who might just continue to choke slam you. Hmm. But I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Oh, oh my gosh! Okay. Before I can spend my hero point, that's gonna refresh. <laughs> <laughs> the Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. 
Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.